Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're listening to The Sound of London. This is Londonist Out Loud. I'm N. Quentin Wolfe and we are going to the pub in today's episode or rather to three of them and to lots of other places en route. Making a very welcome return to the show, Vic Norman from London Pub Tours and I are going to embark on a 45-minute mission to find three of the best watering holes in the capital. Join us, why don't you? Hey baby, let me take you down to a place of strange sights and sounds You ain't never seen the light before Just a song through from your front door Hello from a rain-swept temple station. We're standing just outside and it's chucking it down. The perfect day for a tour around part of London. And I had a, a choice of tours to select from. I've been approached a couple of times now to see if I want to go on a tour. And I do. But I want to go with Vic Norman, who is happily standing before me with a brolly over him. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you chose me and I'm glad we're doing it together. <laughs> It would have indicated a significant rift in the relationship if, at, at this early stage, we were going off in different directions. Well, you'd have been waiting here to be toured around and with, without any tour guide, and I would have been on my own as well. So, yeah, I'm glad we managed to hook up. OK, this works. And, uh, listener, you will remember Vic Norman from a previous podcast, if you or two previous podcasts, if you haven't listened to them. Well, hold on, because we've got one right here for you. It's much more convenient, surely. But there's, uh, there's two further back, and maybe an extra one up ahead, depending on how things pan out today. We've picked the wrong day for a tour, though. In the wrong day, in that it's raining. You... In that it... I'm holding uh, electrical equipment and I'm being rained on. Do you not find the sibilant shushing sound of tyres on London tarmac rather rather soothing? I actually do, yeah. Yeah, so do I. So it's a poetic, romantic time for a tour. Yep, I prefer that. And if the, the recording fizzles out abruptly, then just keep that romance in your mind. Listen. What's the prospectus for today's tour? That's uh, well, uh, another pub tour. This pub tour is the Strand and Goblet. You'll recall that we um, split my original tour, the Dragon and Flagon, into two different tours the last time we met. And today it's the Strand and Goblet. Equally, six pubs between Temple and Charing Cross. Well, I reckon I can hazard a guess about one component of the tour, but what's the Goblet pub? Well, the Dragon and Flagon was the, my original tour. Each one of my tours has one thing that you can drink out of and also one thing that's connected to the tour so the dragon and flagon flagon is an earthenware container for for beer and uh, a goblet equally is uh, uh, a suitable receptacle for drinking <laughs> i imagine sort of 20 years down the line when london pub tours has expanded exponentially you've run out of drinking vessels well, it's, it's going to be the trafalgar square and bucket I, uh, I am almost out of suitable <laughs> drinking vessels. and This is the problem. I can always pick something that's connected to the area, but I have run out. I've got one more drinking vessel in my head, and that means I can only do one more tour. I've got nine tours now, and I've run out. 
Have we mentioned London Pub Tours? We should mention London Pub Tours. And we should mention uh, iTunes as well. Listener, you're with us either every week or never before, but you're with us now. And if you like what you hear, in either case, please get on iTunes and tell the world so. We would love you to tell the world what you think so long as it's polite and uh, decent and true. Oh, absolutely. And the uh, same goes for London Pub Tours. You can find London Pub Tours whereabouts on the web. Uh, you can go to the website, www.londonpubtours.weebly.com. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Dragon and Flagon. Let's go. Let's go. And we're heading towards the river. If you know Temple Station, you'll know there's the little bit of paving outside and we can see from here the National Theatre and we're emerging now onto Embankment. Yeah, so the Strand and Goblet being the name of this tour, many years ago I always wondered why the Strand was called the Strand and um, I kind of I worked it out in that the Strand is a, is a name for a kind of a long beach, isn't it? Or an element, an um, aspect of a beach. And I struggled to put those two together until I realised that it was... Or because of the embankments, of course. No, of course. I remember that the uh, the building... No, we're standing on the pavement just here. As we look with our backs to the river, the buildings over there, or some of the ones a little further back, uh, would have been waterfront properties. Yeah, precisely. So the Strand would have been the kind of long area of land before the water. But, of course, the embankment was... The Thames was embanked. 1860s, for a number of reasons. Uh, ease congestion of traffic, put in a brand-new sewage system... Um, and some other reasons, I'm sure. <laughs> there were three reasons that I knew of. I've remembered two of them. A mnemonic, that's what you need. Uh, what about... A mnemonic. Uh, a, a, a mnemonic. A mnemonic. A mnemonic. A mnemonic. A mnemosine mne- being the daughter of Melpamine. She was the goddess of memory. Maybe that sort of that, tour, that, This is one of my favourite buildings here. Yeah, this, this is a, a rather grandiose two-temple place. I believe the story goes that it was the Astors at some point. If you look up to the weather vane, you can see a ship, and that ship, as far as I'm aware, is uh, a representation of the Santa Maria, Christopher Columbus's ship. And so he sailed the ocean, obviously, and the Astors similarly sailed the ocean in reverse, and so they're aligning themselves with Columbus. Well, I think uh, one of the Astors was on the Titanic. Really? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. There was uh, an Astor with his down pregnant the wife. They went down yes. with Yes. Right. The building we're looking at, incidentally, is uh, up Temple Place. Bizarre. I've walked past this a lot of times without ever paying attention to that. Yeah, it's the ship. It's the ship that gets me. I've always liked that weather vane, and now I know why. It's supposed to be aligning the Astors with with Columbus. I need to point out that we're now entering. I like this dragon, City of London. We are. We've passed a dragon on a plinth. Westminster. Now I've discovered that one of the perils of this tour, because of uh, my height and the height at which Vic Norman has chosen to fly his umbrella is that I'm going to be poked in the temple. Uh, which, <laughs> appropriately, which, enough, appropriately enough, I'm going to, is uh, visiting the temple. not that kind of tour, surely. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> poked in the temple. Uh, to our right. The, suddenly the, the Oxo the, the <laughs> To my wife up the Shard the other week. To our right, we can see the uh, sea containers building, which always strikes me as terribly uh, Art Deco glamorous. Glamorous? I'm not sure if it is Art Deco. I'm not sure it's Art Deco. I wouldn't call it glamorous, though. I do like the, uh, the, the neon lighting. We're going to go down here. It's a very special place. I think there's something so assured about it. A lot of the other buildings along there are old warehousey places, and they're very functional, but that thing uh, looks like a cruise ship feels. No, yeah, it does. It actually looks like it is, in fact, a cruise ship. 
But this is a magical place in London. So we've just dodged off to our left into a cobbled. This is the private. This is Middle Temple Lane. Middle Temple Lane divides two of the uh, inns of court. So there are four inns of court. Yes, there's Gray's Inn, Lincoln's Inn, and they would have featured on our uh, tour that we did uh, last. And um, Middle Temple Lane divides Middle Temple from Inner Temple. And it's said that in Middle Temple Gardens, both the red rose and the white rose, which became the emblems of the War of the Roses, they were plucked first there. Meaning what exactly? I'm not sure how metaphorical you're being. Okay, so 1400s, the War of the Roses, House of York, House of Lancaster, white rose and red rose. Yes, yes so far so good. You're with, you with me so far. Why did they become the emblems well, no of idea. the War of the Roses. I've always in assumed the, it had something to do with the sigils of the royal yeah, house. Yeah, but, they, yeah, but the story goes that they were first plucked and became became known in Middle Temple Gardens. Oh, I, wondered, I wondered if you were talking metaphor. I thought you meant maybe the first deaths had occurred here or something like that, but you literally mean that the, the rose bushes were here. Yes. Ah. It's the story. But we will walk the full length of Middle Temple Lane through this beautiful archway. Now, very magical place. It is a magical place. Well, they close it at 8 pm. It's, uh, it's a private road. But you may be surprised to find out where it emerges. Now, when you say it divides the two inns, the building that we're about to walk through, which is about as ornate as you can get, uh, we're about to uh, go through an arched uh, tunnel through the building, and there are cherubs with, well, they're, they're not just cherubs, are they? They're sort of mermaid cherubs. They've got fishy tails. Um, we're passing th- through and between and under all sorts of statuary. This building itself, is this part of one of the inns or is this something extra? I'm not sure if this building itself is part of the inns, but I know the middle temple is off to the left and inner temple is off to the right. You pointed out the mermaid cherubs, that, although I'm not entirely sure whether you can have mermaid cherubs. Either the wings or the tail is redundant. What about a flying fish? Well, not just now. <laughs> later, later. Through we go. Through the tunnel. We're calling this a tunnel. Uh, how would you describe it? Archway. Well, very well. You shall have your archway. Well, and that, a tunnel, I suppose, is just a series of archways, one after the other, connected. We're getting really. philosophy on today's uh, podcast. Well, when does it? No, um, can I let this rest? That looks that looks long enough to be a well, tunnel what? to me. Okay, so when does an archway become a tunnel? Well, I don't know. But that seems tunnelish. I mean, is, is, are we in the eye of the beholder territory, or is there an empirical way of uh, deciding this? Well, tunnel does tunnel has to tunnel through something, or tunnel under something, yeah, doesn't you're, it? You're quite right. Well, if it was built as a building with an arch, surely that doesn't make it a tunnel. What do footballers emerge from? A coma. What? <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean? Let's continue. Oh, that's called a tunnel. I see what you mean. From the dressing room to the pitch, you're referring to. Yes. Tunnel. Which is a passageway through a built object. It is. Yes. But I have I football defi- on my side. I defy you to come up with another example. Right, I'm going to be working on that. Uh, meanwhile. Don't you, could you, how do you, to, right, the verb to tunnel. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to fade this down and then I'll fade back up once we've got this settled. Okay, so here we go. We're fading down. Okay. Fading. Well, it turns out you were completely right. Am I really? Ref- reflection. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> so uh, we're approaching on our left-hand side here, Middle Temple Hall. Middle Temple Hall was 16th century and the uh, double hammer beam roof. But most importantly, the first ever production of Midsummer Night's Dream took place here. 
Did it really? And uh, uh, the artist was in residence. This stuff on our left in particular, which is slightly lower, has a bit of a Tudor feel to it. 16th century. Yeah, and it's the real deal. Real deal, yeah. And we're proceeding up the cobbled street now, making a left into the plaza. A lone jet of water makes a fountain further along. And to our left, we've got the Middle Temple Hall. And the doors are conveniently open at the moment. It looks like they're in the middle of moving some uh, bits and pieces around. There's a ramp up to the doorway. And beyond the doorway, what looks from here like an old city hall or a church, what will we find in there? I've never been inside. Have you not? I've not, no. Well, I've noticed three three whole security guards have appeared just since we've been standing here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we should move on. Well, maybe. Yeah. They don't like people with microphones, I know that. No. Uh, we're, we're heading back up the hill into what looks like another courtyard. Yeah, I've got a feeling... The warren of alleys. Is this, uh, this going to give us a Fleet Street connection? No, this, we're too... here, you mean? Yeah, no, we're, too, we're in the wrong place for that, aren't we? Well, no, we're not in the wrong place. Where are we going to emerge? How about I don't spoil it for you? Oh, but I want to know. And then, then, then you'll be able to convey to your listener true wonder. Okay, true wonder coming up. Into Brick Court and past Hare Court. This is all legal this is all, work this going is on. One of the hearts of legal London. So you've got Middle Temple, you've got Inner Temple, um, both inns of courts, solicitors' offices. Do you know a huge amount about the business of the different inns of court? No, I know virtually nothing. I was wondering if they specialised differently or something like that. Or oh, they the all... different inns of courts. Mm. I don't believe so. It's when you become a solicitor or you're invited to the bar or whatever, you, you, you must align yourself with one of the four inns of courts and, um, and, and you're required to go to so many meetings and or banquets a year, etc, etc. In You're obliged in... to go to a certain number of banquets. Yes, it's true. And here we are walking around in the rain with a microphone. We're in the wrong job. Uh, would you rather a banquet? Oh, I quite fancy a banquet right now. I'd, I'll take you later to get a pasty. You're on. Let's, right. get, let's go. Now we're about to emerge onto a main road at right angles. And we're coming through the sort of gates that would keep a medieval marauder at bay. Yeah, and if we were to go back several months, we would have seen ourselves just across the road where the Royal Courts of Justice are. That's a very spacey thing to say, if you don't mind my saying so. It's just how I live. We, okay, so let me just backtrack a second. You've told me to prepare for surprise. Yes. We've emerged. Wonder. Wonder. Yes. And the thing you're introducing me to on our tour is us on a previous tour. The prospect of such a thing, yes. <laughs> right. Yes. We're on Fleet Street. We are on Fleet Street, yes. Well, you, you didn't seem sure about that. Well, no, I didn't seem sure about it because a lot of people believe that Fleet Street is, runs all the way down to Aldwych here. But actually, um, the Strand and Fleet Street are divided, not past Aldwych, but at the Dragon, I believe. Oh, right. Uh, so that makes uh, makes sense suddenly that you would have the Royal Courts of Justice just there on one side of the street and then tucked away down here, all the solicitors and lawyers, what needed. True, and on the other side, to the north of the Royal Courts of Justice, of course, you have the other two inns of court. You have Lincoln's Inn and Grayson. I wonder what that feels like then. I wonder where their sort of mental boundary is, where it stops being their bit of town. When they go out for a sandwich, they feel like they're going beyond the pale. They can't go north of the Royal Courts of Justice. Do they dissolve? No, it's just a it's a, just a turf war thing. Shot <laughs> by other lawyers. Yes, in, in bandanas, periwinkled wigs and things. 
Uh, which way? We're going to go west, out of the city of London, um, dragging at Temple Bar, and into the city of Westminster. That was quite a fleeting visit. Yeah, qu- a quarter of an hour. Yeah, <laughs> so we're not going back to the city of London. I just wanted to show you that little bit. Fleeting visit. Oh, I see. I see what you're doing there. Fleet Street, Fleet River. Very clever. Fleeting. Or River Fleet, Fleeting not Fleet River, of course. I believe we're the only country in the world that has the word river at the beginning and then the name of the river at the end, which is rather odd if you think about it. Nobody says Mountain Everest. Nobody ever says Ontario Lake. Well, ever speak, the Mississippi of... River, the Nile River. No. Oh no, the River Nile. Speaking of uniquity, I discovered that there's a, a letter on the French keyboard, because the French keyboard is different from the, the UK QWERTY keyboard, and they've got a letter is on it? their keyboard that they only use in one word in their entire language, which is the, uh, the OO with the accent over it, the U, that they use in the word OO. And they keep that letter on the keyboard just for one word. There's a U with an accent on it. You know my next question, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. What is that word? I've just told you. It's ooh. No, ooh's the letter. No. Ooh, as in oué mon chien. Mon chien, c'est près d'ici possiblement. Mais ooh, exactement. Ooh. Where is your dog? Yes, where is my dog? It doesn't have to be just used in that sentence. Is that ooh as in where? Correct. And that's the only time that the... We're lingering on this. <laughs> this point a little too long. Tore through the French I wish alphabet. I mentioned it now. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Ooh, and me both. Sorry. Yes, what? It's a glorious vestibule. Oh, yes, there is. This is as uh, ornate as you play. I tell you what, this reminds me of very much is the final pub that we went to on your last tour. The Black Friar. So yeah, this, is, this has got yeah, a lot of gold so inlay. And there is a bit of Art Nouveau-esque architecture about it. Yeah, it's also, very, very grand. It's an entrance to a bank, isn't it? It reminds me a little bit of uh, Egyptiana, maybe the Victorian interest in all things Egyptian. Yeah, I think you're right. How does that tie together date-wise? This bank? I don't know. So if you, it's, the, it's the law courts branch. The law courts themselves were built... When they're so they're gothic, I don't know the dates the the, the Royal Courts of Justice were built. Now, when you say this is a, it is it's a branch. This is a Lloyd's Bank branch. This is a bank of Lloyd's. It might I'm, not have always been Lloyd's, of course, because um, I mean Lloyd's. How long has Lloyd's been going? But you get the impression that you were entering a place of worship. It does seem rather conflicting. This this hallway, this vestibule with the bank beyond and the ATMs in the middle, which do kind of spoil the whole feel of it, but. Well, I'm going to grab some photographs of this. We'll stick these uh, on the ACAST plate. By the way, listener, do you know about... <sighs> we need to get the tech side of this sorted out. Um, we're very keen to hear your views via iTunes. Very keen for you to see pictures of the places that we've been on ACAST. And if you're watching via either the player on the Londonist.com page or if you're watching via an ACAST player, which you can do via your tablet or phone or online at the ACAST site, you will get, around uh, about now, some pictures popping up of the very things we're talking about so you can delight in their ostentatiousness and extravagance and without further ado i think we're going to depart this place fair enough where are we going to go next i uh, we're, we're very close to pub number one good oh yes we're on a pub tour I, I, i'd almost forgotten yes <laughs> right so uh, we're outside twinings 
Uh, so this building, it, uh, this always catches my eye as we go yeah. past. Well, I mean, that there is the oldest continuously used business logo in the world, Twining. So they've been here, um, 1700, uh, Thomas Twining bought Tom's Coffee Shop. Coffee shops were all the rage back then, number one hot beverage of choice. And opened here in 1706, and they were... They, they sprung up all over the place, coffee shops, and they were really competitive for trade and um, different professions would hang out in specific coffee shops. And anyway, Thomas Twining introduced tea. Customers liked it. So like, people would be, because uh, we can see people shopping for tea uh, through the doors here, but people would be drinking tea in there as well. Yeah, but I mean, it was a coffee shop originally, but um, he, he also introduced tea. And, uh, there's a little museum, a tea museum at the back of Twining's if you've been in there, and you can go and sample different teas. And, oh, it's wonderful. And then, yes, over 300 years later, still in exactly the same place, and now it's an international concern, isn't it? On top of the frontage there, we've got two Chinese fellows who are thinking about things, and a British lion. Uh, my history is not great, but I, I feel like we had uh, interest in that part of the world at that time. In that uh, certainty comes from China? Yeah, I feel... Yeah. Uh, now, was that not the period where we were doing all sorts of stuff around tea and opium as well? That's not the finest combination tea and opium well. was, Absolutely. Yeah, they may well have been what kept the empire afloat, in fact. Opium and tea, yes. The sun never sets in the British Empire, <laughs> mainly because God wouldn't trust an Englishman in the dark, so George Galloway says. I want to tell you about pub number one, which is uh, only a couple of stores away from here. That too started off life as a coffee shop, 1723. Thankfully for us, they've turned it into a pub in, in an era. Pubs are actually being demolished or changed into coffee shops. And um, the price of a coffee is almost the same price as the price of a pint. They do seem to kind of go hand in hand together, this kind of coffee pub, pub coffee thing. But the George, the George in the Strand is where we're going, pub number one. And to give you a flavour of our surroundings, the Royal Courts of Justice are on the other side of the street directly. And there's a church there whose name I can never remember, but that's the RAF Church, isn't it? Uh, so that's so that's St Clement Danes. Um, As in the bells of St. Clement? Ooh, ooh, no, 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 that's a popular myth. Well, ooh, well so St. Clement Danes will tell you that they are the St. Clements of Oranges and Lemons fame, and indeed they will. the bells will ring out Oranges and Lemons, but also St. Clement Eastcheap claim that. But yes, it is the kind of head church, the lead church of the RAF. And it's got uh, Dr. Johnson just outside, and would the timing be right? Could he have popped in here for a beverage? Where's Dr. Johnson? Sorry, that's uh, Dr. Johnson on the little plinth behind the white van there. If you, if you jump in the air, t- jump directly in the air. If I jump Just directly in the air? Jump in the air. You want me to do that? Look up, jump in the air and look over that van as you do so. You'll see... There he is. I saw a head. I saw a round black head. Well, you didn't jump high enough <laughs> to see all of him. It's <laughs> How high do you well, want to I jump? If I go on your shoulders, I mean, you're, we could possibly we do that. We might get down to the waist. We maybe we'll just walk round the van. We could. The van's not going to move, is it? But uh, That's Dr. Dr. Johnson, Dr. isn't Johnson. it? I didn't know that that was Dr. Johnson. But I... Uh, yeah, very, very well may have drunk in here. So you like to drink? Yeah, they've, they've remodelled it and changed it. I mean, the outside is absolutely beautiful, and you get a, a better view of the outside from across the road, um, at standing outside the Royal Courts of, Royal Courts of Justice. Um, they remodelled it and... Um, sort of mock well, Tudor. It is mock Tudor. Hmm. Yes, I like a bit of mock Tudor. Uh, what about the inside? That's not mock Tudor. That's... That, that's so... They, they put kind of these, the wooden flooring throughout and big, big heavy wooden chairs, etc., and a rather attractive bar. I think I've got a sense of the sort of pub you go for. A couple of the pubs, actually, that you were particularly keen on, they've got this heavy, dark wood, long bar kind of feel, almost medieval, something about the, the mead hall about them. Well, you, 
we've been in the the, uh, the bank, haven't the old Bank of England mm. as well, which was very very different to that. But I've got nine different tours, and you've been on one which was we split into two that had six pubs, and some of them were like that. But well, you know, the last pub was an Art Nouveau kind of palace. Um, the old Bank of England was was the Bank of England, and the first pub we went to, remember, was a kind of like a medieval tavern. Uh, but th- yeah, I think they're all very, very different. I get the, the sense that you're more enthused about some than others. That some maybe feel more like a natural home. I don't know. I mean, if you looked at the pair of us, we'd the casual observer would probably place both of us in uh, somewhere around the back of Camden. Posters peeling off the wall, that kind of place. Yeah, that's very possible. Yes, um, but look, there are thousands of pubs in London. All d- tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts. Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Different types of pubs in London out of my nine tours. Um... It's got to have a bit of interest. It's got to have, got to have a story behind it. It's got to have a bit of history. But they don't all have to look alike. It's just that I would prefer not to go into an all bar, you know, one of those type of ones or a, a, a new bar. I, I like these old pubs. And uh, other people like them too. And come and talk. <laughs> that was subliminal advertising. <laughs> In what way? You said it very fast and very quietly. Come on, a pub too. Oh, so subliminally. Yeah. Right. Beneath the threshold. Every, everything is as it should be. Come on, a pub too. Yes, that was, your, that was your technique. I've not seen that used before. <laughs> Stick around. I've done loads already. You haven't noticed it. <laughs> um, we're going to uh, cut a break in. Uh, we need to uh, pay for all this. And then we're going where? Where are we going after this? That was the gist of the question. Ah, yes. We're going that way. No, we're, 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 heading, we're heading further west along the Strand, around Oldwich, onto yeah. the Strand and further west towards Trafalgar Square, Charing Cross. Okay, we'll, we'll see you there in a moment. The Sound of London, Londonist Out Loud with N. Quentin Wolfe. Listen free every week on your favourite podcast platform, subscribe via iTunes and get great extra content at Londonist.com. Tweet the show at Londonist Sound and see pictures of all our guests on the Londonist Out Loud stream on Instagram. So we're, we're still on the strand. I've not, I've not heard people say Hang this on, I'm about introducing it. You can't, just, you can't just, but that was my introduction. Oh, I'm sorry. You've just launched all over my introduction. I didn't realise you were speaking. It can't, can't be mid-argument when we... You're listening to... It's redundant. Hello. Uh, we're on the Strand, as uh, you probably detected there. And we're, we're still at St Clement Danes. We haven't made very quick progress, but we were, we were having a debate about bullet holes. And they, the bullet holes are in the side of St Clement Danes. And your objection to them being bullet holes, which seems totally valid to me, is... I don't, I don't object to them being bullet holes if they were well, bullet you were, holes. You were objecting just a minute ago. Well, we, no, we came in mid-objection. I think I was, I was questioning that they were bullet Very holes. Vigorous questioning. I questioned the crap out of it. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I questioned him to the floor. Bullets from where? Well, exactly. Maybe somebody knows. I mean, a, a weapon of some sort, one would imagine. Well, a weapon would fire bullets, yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad we got that sorted. Okay, so, we, yeah, we sorted that one out? I think not. Who is this asserting that there are bullet holes in the side of that church? You know, you know them. Oh, them. Yeah. Well, no, I've no Pe- idea. People. Nobody's ever asserted it to me. Well, I've heard various people say, oh, you've been past St. Clement Danes? Yes, I have. Have you seen the bullet holes? Well, I've seen the holes, yes. If people are claiming that they are, in fact, bullets, 
Well, from where? Mm. Well, there's a question. We should ask an expert, somebody who tours in the area regularly. Where would you find someone like that on a day like this? No idea. There's Australia House. External external shots for Gringotts Bank, possibly most importantly. Is that right? Looks to me like they had a bit of money going spare when they built this. Yeah, it was, the, it was their first and oldest embassy, I believe. And it's, uh, it suggests to me a time when uh, we were still sort of connected by empire and there was still uh, a willingness to display that. Up at the top there we see... Um, a crowned figure and horses rearing up. By way of proof that we are where we say we, we are. We are at St Clement Danes, yes. We're going to ring out oranges and lemons at any moment. Where are you taking us? I'm taking you around Aldwych. And back into the Strand. Why? Well, could we not just carry on up the Strand? Well, we're in Oldwich. We've left the Strand, have we not? We're now in Oldwich. Well, we're going the long way around. As opposed to the short way around. Well, you're taking us to where we we, were already on the Strand. We were on the Strand. Are you wasting our time? Well, because Oldwich separates one part of the Strand from another if we go this way. To go the other way is a very ugly route. Oh, is it? Yes. What are we going to see up here? Up here, well, um, some nicer buildings. It's Bush House. Bush House. Yeah. Bush House is up here, yes, of course. World's most expensive building. Well, when it was built. How so? In that it cost more money than any other building <laughs> to build. To Shazer. But why, why did it cost? Definitely expensive. Uh, was it, were, were the materials that it was constructed from more expensive? Or was the bit of land uh, pricier? I don't know. Aha. I just know that it cost, I think it was £3 million in 1929. Most people associate it with the BBC, of course, but it was never never owned by the BBC. Uh, I thought I heard that the BBC moved out of there about five, ten years ago. Well, they have moved out, but... Um, but they didn't own it. They've never owned it. They rented it for 70 years for um, overseas broadcasting. That sounds like a labour hospital deal. Renting something that you desperately need for 70 years. That sounds uh, sounds like a Gordon Brown special. <laughs> I don't know what it is now. Well, it's still Bush House, but I don't know what, um, what it's used for now. Have you, ever, have you ever eaten in there? I'm following the line of your finger. The Delawney counter. It's also a stop on my... Uh, we're not on, are we? Yeah. Oh, are we? Ha! Um, That's what the microphone's for. Well, no, you can only hear through the microphone. Past the foot of Drury Lane, and your Drury Lane fact is the Drury Lane fact. Um, I don't. I don't know if I have a Drury Lane fact. One, um, one fact. Half, let's a, see. half a fact. Uh, the, the first half of the fact, and I'll complete the rest of it. The oldest licensed premises in London, or they claim to be, the White Hart, is at the top of uh, top of Drury Lane. That'll do. First ever Sainsbury's opened in 1869 on. Um, Drury Lane, and surprisingly, the Muffin Man does not live there. Hey, I tell you what, there's an amazing uh, effect going on there. We can see the BT Tower in the distance, and it is framed by Drury Lane. And the mist is low today because it's one of those, and the top half of it is disappearing into the mist. Their post office looks rather like an, an, an ethereal sonic screwdriver. Past the Waldorf Hotel, maybe turn of the last century. Yeah. Another grand hotel. I do like London's grand hotels. Have you ever stayed in one? 
No, but I really want to stay in Claridge's in room... I believe it's 212. Oh, why is it the specific? Because it used to be Yugoslavia. Um, what? What? Room 212 in Claridge's used to be Yugoslavia. Yes, why? Ah, in 1945, Churchill declared that it was Yugoslavia... You can ask me why again. Well, you, you? Can't, you can't just declare somewhere no, Yugoslavia. He, he declared the room Yugoslavia. Well, under what authority then? He's the Prime Minister. You still don't have that power vested in you to declare them. Who does then? Well, I would contend nobody does. What if Yugoslavia didn't want it? They did. There'd be a this service charge for a start. I, don't, I think it was waived. No, because, you see, Crown Prince Alexander II, his parents wanted him to be born on home soil. <laughs> so they, they pretended a hotel room. No, they didn't pretend. It was actually Yugoslavia for at least a couple of days. It was not Yugoslavia. It was, seriously. And they shipped in soil, shoved it under the bed from Yugoslavia. Yeah, yeah, darling, darling, I'm so sorry. I did say I'd be home by now. Uh, what I've done though, me and Dave have declared the pub home. So I am home. I think one of the only true tests of nationhood is actually a sense of what you believe it to be. No, no, I, I strongly dispute that. No, I would say there are other I tests th- of, of nationhood, like where it is. Is Yugoslavia three stories up in London? No. It's hair splitting. For somebody who was so keen to define the difference between Fleet Street and Strand just a minute ago. Well, it's, it's an anomaly. A beautiful anomaly in the, a room whilst you can start here for a couple of days. So you'd be going on holiday to the former Yugoslavia? The former Yugoslavian Republic of room 212. I may have the room number wrong. But anyway, um, enough, of, enough of the Balkan bathrooms and things. We're about to approach pub number two. Pub number two is very interesting in that back when you used to go and watch a, uh, a play at the Lyceum Theatre, which is behind us, you could exit the Lyceum, but exit through the pub. In the same way, you'd go to a, like a, a museum now or a theme park and you exit, you exit through the shop, don't you? So that you know, they, they catch you unawares and you have to buy something or buy something for your children, etc., etc. Um, you used to exit the Lyceum through the pub, the Lyceum Tavern. And um, it's like a 1920s station waiting room. I know that doesn't sound very exciting, but... Well, au contraire. I know, I mean, but you and I might be excited by such a thing, but I'm sure the average listener is thinking, that's rather sad. There's no such thing as an average listener, I'll tell you that. Uh, we've got the Wellington on the corner here, yeah, looking uh, about as traditional the a pub as you could wish for. Back into the Strand. And the Lyceum Tavern. Which we should definitely go and have. It's also a Samuel Smith's pub. Like a Samuel are we stopping for a swift half? So here we are. We're outside the uh, we're outside the Lyceum Tavern. Uh, two lamps hang over us. And a barrel. I've I've had a pint or two in here. This is a this is a pretty good place. I always assumed it was part of the Wellington. Actually, it seems like it should be part of the same complex. In that it's a couple of doors away. Yeah, it sort of feel, it's got the same uh, feel to it. You kind of imagine that if you popped upstairs, you might come back downstairs over there or something. Well, as I said, you originally come come out in the in the theatre. Uh, they were connected. <laughs> I'd be a rude surprise if you drunkenly stumble your way to the toilets, take a wrong turn and uh, pop out stage left. Stage, hello. Yeah. hello, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly, yeah. What do we need to know about the place? Beyond the fact that it has a beautiful interior and that the management insists that the four-step-up is haunted, 
Um, and the fact that it's connected to the theatre. The fourth step up is one. Yes, just that step. And uh, uh, several members of staff said to me, oh, I didn't believe that when I, when I first came here. And then I was shutting the, the pub up at night and I went up the fort and I saw something. Yeah, what did they say? Huh? What did they say? Well, exactly the same. They said, yeah, I don't believe in anything like that. But then it happened to me. Yes, and, but what did they say? So they didn't believe, but then they saw... What did they say? I don't know what they saw. What didn't what they, they tell they you? Felt, didn't you they ask? felt the coldness. They felt, they, they felt an otherworldliness, Quentin. They felt something something supernatural. At least that's what they claimed. And since then, they won't shut up the pub at night on their own. And more than one member of staff have told me this, and they're complete sceptics. That's just interesting. Uh, from uh, vantage point here, looking at the beautiful frontage of the Tesco Express, we are going to go where? Uh, we're going to head over to the south side of the Strand. Is it, and over is it, sorry to be nippy, is it Strand or The Strand? It's The Strand, yes. Okay. So from, uh, from here, over the road. Over the road, head further west uh, to pub number three which is further along the Strand. Are you sure it's the Strand? As opposed to... Strand. OK, so what we need then, what we need is a sign. We need a sign, Quentin, <laughs> from above. We're looking for the sign. At the start of the road, it's got to be... You see well, the Wellington Street there. Do you want a little wager? Are, are you contending you, it's should, Strand? Should we do it? Do you fancy a wager? Well, do you honestly think you think it's Strand and yeah, I think it's the Strand? Yeah, I think so. Oh, there's a street I think it's the Strand. There's a street sign. Do you, oh, I've seen the answer. Do you want to, do you want to wager? Do you want to bet you've something? Just seen yeah, do you, do you... <laughs> Now that you've seen it's Strand, Tanner, mean... <laughs> make it 50. <laughs> Should we have a look? Are you sure? I thought you just. Oh, what do you know? It says Strand. It says Strand? It does say Strand. But I'm sure somewhere else it says the Strand. Wow. But if, if You'll have to go there to win your 50 back. I like it that it's... I'm not sure if I'm happy with it being Strand as opposed to The Strand. Let's, let's cross the road in high dudgeon. Yeah, let's, let's find another sign. A <laughs> second opinion. No, but we said between Fleet Street and The Strand. Don't you ever say that? Well, that doesn't make me you right. Fleet Street yeah, but people say like the, the Yukon, the Ukraine, and I, I think all of those are wrong. They say Ukron. The U- they may do, that's, that's not what I said. <laughs> what did you say? The Yukon. They say the Yukon. Yes, and it is <laughs> Who say this? The same people who say that there are bullet holes in St. Clement Danes. What, they're the same people they, who... They, it's, it's they. It's always they, isn't at it? At their work again. Yes. <laughs> Nefarious imps. Well, so we're on the other side of the street. Of what? We're on the other side of street. I thought you said street. That's right, it's street. Not the street. Strand Palace Hotel to our right. And we're heading westward. Yeah, we're approaching Simpsons. Simpsons on the Strand. I think they say Simpsons on the Strand. Some of the finest roast beef you can ever get. Yeah, quite fancy some roast beef. Don't go there really? very well, yeah. You don't it's... fancy some curried goat? No, I'd go, I'd go for the goat. Yeah, curried goat, uh, trust me. Big fan of curried goat. Are you really? Yeah, well, tell me how this compares when we get to curried goat stop. What's this? Simpsons in the Strand. Simpsons in Strand. There's, there's well, you're quite right. Definitely an article. Yep. 
well, definitely what, what are we going to do about this then? Well, just because they call themselves Simpsons in the Strand, say the 100 Strand. 100 Strand, so they think the address is Strand as well. They think the address is Strand, but they're calling themselves Simpsons so, in the Strand. So on this the notice, strand. they are confirming what we've already discovered. I think they're conflicting, are they not? They're putting their address as Strand, but they're calling themselves in the Strand. Well, what was the original question? What is the name of this street? Yeah. Not what, what is the name of this business? That, yes, I'm just seeing whether, you know, people call themselves business that, that, that are in the Strand. The pub number one was the George in the Strand. So what, in all seriousness, why are they all using that formulation? Seems yeah. awfully odd. Well, that's, that is... Or is it odd? Because does it not sound odd to say Simpsons in Strand? Well, of course. That's why then. If you, if you go to... You don't go to beach, do you? You go to the, the beach. There is a place called Beach, isn't there? You seem to be fighting for the other side suddenly. <laughs> No, you do go to the beach, yes. But the beach is not a proper noun. So what am I arguing now? Am I for or against these days? I don't know. I am, me neither. I think we'll we'll call it a draw for the sake of peace. Obviously, you know the story of this. Was that three pubs yet? Um, Can we turn this off? No, this is pub... Still going. Yeah, pub pub number three is... Past the the Savoy, which is the only place... In the, uh, the the whole of the UK, where you're allowed to uh, run down pedestrians in your car completely legally. No, that's not that's not right. That's not right. No, though you may indeed run down pedestrians more often, in that the pedestrians w- won't know the particular traffic law that applies right here on Savoy Court, which is that uh, cars must drive on the right-hand side. Yes, and but it's not the only road in the UK. It's not even the only road in London drive on the right side though that is the story that is told but um name those other roads no I can't this is I did do some research um because it, it, it is said that it's the only road in the country but it's not the only road in the how country how many are we talking oh it might only be two or three this so this is the only road in the country that I remember where you can drive on the right that, hand that is, side that is the fact not that it's the only one but that it's the only one you can remember that is the fact <laughs> that is close to the fact that's factually factual I think this is a mistake uh, really because the, for whatever reason the and we'll come to that I suspect the reason that it is so but the cost of the cars coming out of here you wouldn't want to collide with one of those would you this is really not a bright move I don't think you'd want to collide with a car whether they drove on the left or the right uh, but a few other, yeah, why, why is the why is it the only road yeah, I why is it the only on, road I once asked the staff this very question because and they said um, well, the story we tell people... That, OK, right, fine. The story we tell people is that in the old days when there were horse and carriage, there were, you would have uh, exited on the right of a carriage. If we'd approached on the left, all the way down to the fountain, the fountain would have been different then. Ladies exiting the carriage would have got spray from the fountain on their dress, couldn't have that, and so we changed it. That's the story we tell, they said. But actually, it's probably to do ease congestion in some way on the Savoy Theatre. But did you know that the there's a, the resident chef here, Escoffier, Auguste, wasn't it? Auguste Escoffier. We get the word scoff from Escoffier. It's too scoff. He invented here Melba toast. I, I knew that. And peach melba. I like peach melba as well, yes. Yeah. Nelly Melba, the opera singer. Yeah, suite of rooms here, yeah. And the cat, do you know the story of the two topiary cats on the strand entrance I've only just noticed that that's what they are yes here they are in their big tubs yeah yeah that's Casper Casper the cat if you dine in the Savoy restaurant in a party of 13 
13 being unlucky for some, they'll bring a large wooden cat to your table, tie a napkin around its neck and bring it a plate of food so that it makes the party... Do, do you pay for the food? No, food Casper's food's on the house, I believe. Pretty lucky. So that's a... I want to dine in the Savoy Hotel. So that's a very fancy way of doing a buy 13, get one free discount. Yeah, which is uh, a common marketing ploy, yeah, is it not? very, very common. Also, I believe it's true that all London cabs must be able to do a complete turning circle of the fountain of the Savoy as part of the deal with being a London cab. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that's true. And they have to be exact height so a gentleman can get in with his top hat still on. Uh, I feel we're veering into the realm of fantasy. No, that's that's true. What, so that you're suggesting that TfL has a fellow in a top hat who goes and tests the cabs? No, but in the sense that many things in London and many things in the UK, many things in the world, uh, hang over from past times. So, so this isn't an active rule, this is just a convention of how, how to... Yeah, this is a convention council. in the same way as the Bale of Hay, which is not put in the back, or in the same way as lots of traditions and rituals have become meaningless because we have moved on, but yet we still kind of hold on to them. Pub number three, I think, is connected to the Savoy. Yes, yes, actually it is, surprisingly. It's called the Coal Hole. Uh, Rumoured, the, the two reasons why it might have been called the Coal Hole. So, the reason number one is that possibly it was the, the coal bunkers, the coal cellars for the Savoy, or because it was the closest pub to workers shipping coal up the River Thames. Either way, it's a fascinating pub. Quentin, allow me to take you up the coal hole. Oh, I'm still here. I'm just not saying anything. The coal hole strand. I'm not dignifying that outrageous comment. It's a beautiful pub. It is a beautiful pub. Now, um, now this this looks uh, this looks 13th century. This looks positively medieval. I'm not suggesting it, it actually is, but it's got that very very dark uh, look. Is it? Uh, what's it like on the inside? But we press our noses against the window. You can, but the leaded glass may prevent you from seeing much. Yeah, and it's got a, a checkerboard uh, floor. That looks very very old indeed. Beautiful fireplace around the other side of the bar and there were a downstairs bar as well and out of all the pubs I go to there are a couple of pubs that many people have heard of this is one of them because it's on the main drag it's on a, on a main road as well lots of people know this particular pub but it is a rather pleasant pub can we say a word or two because we've got coming to the end of our hour uh, you'll be pleased listener to know that there are another three pubs coming up next week or in just a few minutes for us but we're going to see you at the same time next week for the conclusion of this tour uh, but I wanted to ask you very quickly about the booze which we've hardly touched on today. Out of the three that we've seen so far, which one would you pick for the quality or range or choices they've made behind the bar? Well, I said that pub number two, the Lyceum, was a Samuel Smith's pub. There are 35 Samuel Smith's pubs in London, and I'm really partial to their bottled ales. Uh, they've got amazing chocolate stout, and they've got the only organic strawberry beer in the country. They have a beautiful porter. They won a national award, I think, for stouts with their oatmeal stout. It's just, I love a Samuel Smith's beer. So I would go for the number two, the Lyceum Tavern. Next week on the show, we will be going to which pubs? Tell you what, without, without telling us which pubs they are, can you give us a, a give teaser? Us an of what we're going to see. So we're going to see a beautiful gin palace, one of London's top three gin palaces. We're going to see the only pub in two halves, and we're going to see London's oldest wine bar. How's that? Uh, from this week, uh, here on Strand. <laughs> Pick Norman, thanks very much.
Uh, goodbye from Earth Strand. My heart aches for some far off place. No one cut it, baby. You with your name, how you And that's all for this week. For this week, thanks to my guest, Vic Norman. Thanks to, to Bernie Barkley. Theme and incidental music by Songs from the Howling Sea. And then Quentin Wolfe. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.